0: Hello, and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where we explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove franchise. Today, I am once again joined by Scott Sandler. It's here, it's here. Matt LeVasser. Hi. And for the first time ever joining us, um, would you prefer I call you Elizabeth or Lizzie?
1: Lizzie, I know it says Elizabeth. please,
0: Lizzie. Liz, Liz, Lizzie, I don't know how to say your last name, I'm sorry.
1: Fine, Lizzie Lemon Drop is good. <laughs> yeah,
0: Lizzie Lemon dropped from Twitter. Um, Hi, and today we are talking about The Emperor's New School season two, episode six, "How Now, Sea Cow," which I had forgotten, but had been reminded of upon watching it. Apparently, takes place. The first part takes place on the day before November first, which here is Halloween. But there's nothing really. Halloween. No, that
2: that was a uh, no. It was Kuzkop. That was the day before Halloween. Yeah, Kuz the first segment.
0: Cop. Yeah. Um is, is the day before November 1st, which is technically yeah. Halloween. So it's, te- uh, it's kind of a Halloween episode, <laughs> even though there's no Hall- nothing Halloween-y in it. Except I guess the, there's costumes in that one section that they run through. Yeah. So this episode, um, due to the subject matter, has not aged the most well out of the episode in the show um, because basically Cusco is disrespecting a mall cop and the mall cop uh ends up getting fired for for cusco gets the mail cop fired and then um uFOs come basically and for for like a, a one bit one off joke that's called back to at the end um and so now and meanwhile, Yzma and Kronk are broke, so they're gonna ro- rob the Royal Depository. Yep. Oh, I forgot to ask. Lizzie, what is your uh, connection or familiarity with the Emperor's New Groove franchise?
1: Oh, I love the first movie. I watched this show religiously when I was a kid. Okay. All the time. I loved it.
0: Yeah. And the cop is voiced by Kevin McDonald, who is, among other things, pleakly and Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Uh, the Almighty Tallest, Waffles. And he was in Kids Kaskak,
0: in the, Hall. Uh, the That guy that, that, in Sky High. One of the characters in Sky High with a big brain
2: that gets turned into a baby. And the uh, Canadian uh, villain in uh, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb, yeah. So I guess Canadian. he's Canadian. No, I remember yeah. Canadian villain. Yeah.
0: So, that's basically the premise um, and Kronk uh, only agrees to rob the depository because Yzma promises him he, he can wear a robber's mask that'll make him look like a raccoon um, I'm going very fast, I'm sorry <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I like the joke they do in the beginning where it's like, you know, Kuzco's like, I'm a can't? What do you mean can't? Isn't that like that dance the French ladies do? The can't yeah. can't?
0: Yeah, and then he does the can can for like a second, a few seconds really, but yeah. yeah, a couple of sec, a few seconds, and um, yeah. <laughs> so in the in the end, he uh Cusco um, I'm just running through the premise before we get into more details about things uh, um. Tries to get the cop to get his job back. The cop, um, the cop, by, by going to the Royal Depository and catching Yzma and Kronk robbing it, and then, uh, they leave, Cusco leaves, and the cop is arrested, but Cusco shows up at the trial to, uh, basically... And, it,
2: and basically, uh, negotiates a mistrial.
0: Yeah, because Cusco didn't, uh, press charges against him. Um, so then he, he gets his job back and then there's Kustoberfest. but I guess it's in November.
3: <laughs> also, um, I want to point out something about the, um. Uh, thing like you know, it's just after the cops been fired and he's like, you know, Kuska's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? And apparently in the background, you can see a red-eyed tree frog man if he basically merged with Godzilla. If he if
0: it was a kaiju, based, a red-eyed kaiju frog. Red-eyed tree,
3: red-eyed tree frog man has gone to the dark side. Yeah. And I, oh, I, I do not think it was um, a, I do not
2: think it was a. I don't think it was a red-eyed tree frog man. I think it was just a regular red-eyed tree frog that somehow mutated into a kaiju. Yeah. yeah. Why do we uh, need an explanation for
1: that? Because it,
2: it it wasn't as agile as Kuzco was yeah. as a red-eyed tree frog man. It was it, it too big. Yeah I, mean,
3: yeah, I just couldn't pass up the uh, reference.
2: Yeah. yeah. And um,
0: that's this first segment. Basically, everything I just said. I like that there's a scene where Cusco's trying to figure out how he's going to get past the guard and he sees someone going in with their llama, and we cut to what looks like llama Cusco going in. And then it there's a pause, and Cusco runs in and pushes the,
2: the cop out of the way. Yeah, that's that's always pretty
0: good. So it's a, a misdirect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't help it. And. Mm. Just like with uh, Moa Moaglaco, the authority figures here are given uh, um, scrambled, uh, sc- scrambled uh, stereotypical Hispanic, uh, yeah, names. Yeah. yeah, well, not not Hispanic names, but like. Um, Food names of Hispa- names of stereotypical Hispanic items. Yeah, I don't remember what the cop's name was. Um, the uh, cop was um, uh, achimare, which I think was supposed to be um, some sort of um, uh, mutation of mariachi. Yeah, which isn't
0: aren't mar? is it mariachi? Are mariachis Latin or are mariachis Spanish? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, but
2: uh, I, I, I apologize to every ethnicity ever and then for asking that question. His boss, the I, I guess the, um, the boss of them all was Desal salsaver which would be Salsa Verde. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an. In, they
0: have interesting. Mixes of ways they come up with names in the show, like they'll have actual, like Pacha is actually derived from an actual Inca god. Um, mm-hmm. Cusco is an actual city. Um, I don't know how they came up with Kronk, um, and apparently, Izma means shit or something.
1: Well, yeah, because those are the names that the writers who were putting in way more effort into the movie, yeah, <laughs> up
0: with, yeah. And every once with. in a while, there'll be references to things like like Tiwanaku and places and stuff in the show um, that are real. Um, Yeah. And I feel like some of the designs from the show were just taken from uh, unused designs from the movie. Like Mr. Malaglaco, there's a character that looks a lot like an ancestor of Mr. Malaglaco on one of the art things in the DVD of the movie that was cut from the movie. Like a Mm -hmm. drummer person or something. Has a similar face. Um, so the basic message is: uh, if you don't respect cops, respect uh,
1: the police because they're there to protect you. Especially mall cops who are never petty assholes at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> UFOs will come and take your free TVs. Basically,
3: yeah.
0: Um, like I said, not the most well aged episode in the series.
3: It was the two, It was the early mid thousands, man.
0: Yeah. It's two thousand seven, I believe. Yeah,
3: and we're, we are like one more year, like one more year, and the Bush administration is finally over.
0: Yeah, yeah, and cops were a problem, but I don't feel like the media was quite as aware of, it's quite as caught on as everyone else had at the time.
3: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean this I is don't like, think this everyone was. Like was. A, well, over a decade after the Rodney King incident, so I'm sure yeah. the media. But I guess the media thought it was just like a one and done kind of thing with Rodney yeah. King.
2: It was; they probably thought it was an, an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we got Bucky in the uh in, in the intro in the in the uh cold open thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because Bucky has to show up somewhere. And
2: <laughs> Kuzco was trying to read his own version of the Miranda rights to us. Yeah. Yeah. I.
0: I just came up with a joke, but I have no setup, so I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah,
3: second. Uh, I'm thinking like a, quite a few jokes. Like, you know, I'm thinking about the uh, MST3K episode where they worked on the Mexican Santa Claus movie, and it's like over footage of like the South American kids working for Stan. It's like, you know, hey, Mike, do you think she's been read her Carmen Miranda rights? Yeah. Or am I, how about, I, I was also thinking about um, uh, Paul and Storm, you know, the um, musical duo. Yep. They actually did a song. For one of their earlier albums, where they set the Miranda rights to the tune of a lullaby.
0: Yeah, and there's a scene where the cop, the the cop boss, basically gets into a kitty car, and it turns into a real car and rides
2: off, or something. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> it, it, it was definitely it was definitely a little weird to see uh, Kevin McDonald's such a voice, such a brawny character. Yeah, yeah, he's a large,
0: a larger dude and. We used to Kevin McDonald playing skinny characters in cartoons. Yeah, um, I guess he's at, hes definitely not heavy set in real life. So, yeah.
1: Well, I feel a little bit like this is a little bit of a generic uh, kids' TV show plot, isn't it? Like you fuck over a a cop, quote unquote. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I've seen the, I saw the storyline on so many shows as a kid.
2: Yeah, well, it would have been better if the cop was David Arquette. But... Uh, I don't think it was always cops, but it was definitely some sort of some um, authority figure. Yeah, sought so out monitor. to get someone fired and then succeeded and regretted Sometimes it. Sometimes
0: the hall monitor ends up like turning into a jerk though <laughs> in the, these kids shows. Like the main, guess, like... the main character is given the position of hall monitor and they abuse it or something.
1: Yeah, you see that too. Which is funny. It's funny that they get that, but not that hall monitors are who grow up to be mall cops.
0: Yeah. And uh, Paul Blart was an engineer, that's... I don't know what that sound was. <laughs>
3: I think it's like the amount of mail text on you get on your iPod.
0: Oh, okay. I might have gotten something on my iPhone. I don't know. Or if it was someone else's device. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a fairly standard... Respect the authority or UFOs will come and take your TVs, but, you know, respect the authorities or how hell will break loose because in the 2000s, we weren't as self-aware as we are now. And we still have a lot of work to do anyway.
1: I have a fun little mall cop story if anyone wants to hear it. Okay. So I work in um, a retail store that will not be named here. Okay. Uh, with our own um, internal asset protection. And we have this one person, we'll uh, call him A, who works on and the AP. And the only thing he wants more than anything else is to be this big ass hero cop all the time. He's always he's the one who makes the most effort to catch the shoplifters and everything. Whatever, it doesn't matter much because when we catch them, all we do is either take the merchandise away or get them to pay for it. Yeah. We literally never call a police. Which,
3: yeah.
1: whatever, I don't care. But The other night, there were these two girls from another store who called us because their credit card, their purses, which contained their credit cards, their passports, their car keys, their vaccine cards, all that important shit had been stolen from their job. And $1,400 worth of merchandise had been purchased at our Target within the last hour on their cards. And our AP absolutely refused to talk to them. He was like, I can't pull footage until tomorrow without permission from either my boss or the sheriff's department, so I can't do anything for them. I'm like, okay, well, you can have, at the very least get on the fucking phone instead of watching the dude shoplifting yep. the pillows. Like, I, it, this, this is a real emergency, and you don't fucking care because it didn't, it's not our job. Do
2: they have phones? Sorry? Do they have phones?
1: Do they have phones? Yeah. We ha- mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. He wouldn't get on. First of all, they have phones they can carry with them. Second of all, he could have come to the desk where I was on the phone and easily talked, like at the very bare minimum, explained to them why he couldn't do anything to help them today, which was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because when they found out what the problem was, they just got the sheriff down there, and he had Alex pull the footage. So it was like, and also we found a witness because the police were there asking questions to people. We found a witness and an employee who knew exactly what that guy purchased and remembered remembered their cards and what this guy looked like. So, like, you know, maybe if you do your job, but they don't care. They don't care about that because that would have been hard and it's easier for him to stand there and stare at a shoplifter for 20 minutes instead.
2: Yeah. Lazy bones. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, with, with, uh, Yzma and Kronk trying to, uh, Get money from the depository. crunk <laughs> uh, gets his hand on a drilling machine. Yeah. Uh, and he claims that they make their money by warranties and batteries. Yeah, it's a battery-powered drilling machine. Yeah, and even even then, I don't know how they sell it off without. Um, it's a cartoon yeah they um that i could imagine all the uh untrained users and basically leveling the town even like sinking the town a bit yeah i mean i guess it would be i guess it would be terraforming the hills
0: yeah um and and Kronk asks like which came first the chicken or the sousaphone uh, so apparently they know about John Phillips Sousa hundreds of years before he would have been born.
1: <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite little quirks about this show. Yeah. Is, I'm pretty sure this doesn't exist yet, you guys.
2: Well, uh, uh or like with the, like with the TV, um, they have a different etymology for it. Like, Sousa means something else in their yeah. society.
0: I just think the time is meaningless, ultimately. Yeah. The Emperor's new...
2: Well, the Italian, TV is thingy but... <laughs> viewers, so what the hell doesn't does yeah. matter where Susa comes from? Yeah. They also have like normal TVs, though,
0: in some episodes, so they're not really, they don't really care.
1: <laughs> well, there's also, do you remember the um, science fair episode Yeah. Where people were like making cell phones out of wood and shit? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is also whenever we do this, like, but it's made out of clay or wood, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a Flintstones thing, basically. With yep. Flintstones, but with Incas, basically. With the Inca Empire.
1: With less um, whites. Yeah. That's one of the other neat little things about this show, right, is we're, there weren't a lot of shows at the time, I think, where animated shows for kids at the time. Which Disney Channel was doing decent with that, you know, they had the Proud Family and whatnot. Yeah. But like the where the cast was all entirely not white.
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the voice actors were. Yes, but yeah.
1: That, but that, but like, still, the on the on-screen characters were entirely yeah. not white. Yeah. Including Yzma, she's purple.
0: Yeah, and she's actually voiced by a person of color as well, so.
1: So wild to me. Look, look just a, a side note about this show in general. I'm pretty sure Pacha wasn't in the first part of this episode. Yeah. But like the fact that they have John Goodman and Eartha Kitt. Yeah. And um oh my god, now I'm forgetting his name.
0: Patrick Warburton.
1: Patrick Warburton, thank you. Patrick
0: Warburton will we'll do anything from we'll do we'll do
1: anything. <laughs> they all come back to reprise their roles, but not David Spade. Yeah. And then, that's weird to me because David Spade feels like the bottom of the totem pole of those people to
0: me. <laughs> I I don't even think they bothered trying to get David Spade to be honest. I think they were afraid that David Spade wouldn't do it, so they just got someone else.
1: <laughs> why would you not at least try? Like because he was doing a sitcom at the time.
2: Yeah, with Patrick Warburton.
1: Well, yes. So, like, I don't understand why they yeah, thought right. was worth of the-
2: engagement. Yeah. After already have, after having been co-stars with Wendy Malick, and when the movie me. was
0: being made. And it- yeah, and Just Shoot Me well, had had Wendy Malick. And just, fun fact about Just Shoot Me, there's an episode of Just Shoot Me where both Cusco's are in it, where J.P. Manu and David Spade are both in one episode of Just Shoot Me. And they're yeah. like right across from each other or right next to each other or something in one scene. So that's that that's was fun to go back and find. Um. Yeah, Eartha Kit came back because Eartha Kid just loves being Yzma.
2: Um. They didn't get John Goodman back till the second season. Um. And and now not only does he have monsters at work, but he has an he has a new animated show for Tubi. Yeah. I feel like John Goodman uh,
0: as a has really like gone to become a simultaneous an actor and a voice actor at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, John Goodman. John Goodman is—he's less of an overt comedian as Robin Williams, but I feel like he occupies a very similar space for people my age.
2: Yeah, is that John Good makes sense because then you have not—not only—not only Sully, not only but he was in uh, way back a Dinosaur Story. Uh, he was. In he's Prince been in the a lot, frog, yeah. In fact, a lot of he's been in a lot of animated
0: movies and he's been in enough Disney movies specifically to have gotten the title of Disney Legend because mm-hmm. he was in, in the Jungle Book, too. He became the new voice of Baloo, he was Pacha, he was Sully, he was Daddy LeBouf in the Princess and the Frog. I feel like he's been in a few other things owned by Disney. Um, yeah, touched, was. No, I think that was a universal movie. Who did uh Oh Brother Where Art Thou? He was in that, right? Was he in there?
1: I thought that was that that was John Goodman.
0: Yeah, I I because I'm trying to remember if Touchstone or Dimension or Miramax or someone did that who at the time would have been owned by Disney, or if it was like Universal or something. I don't remember. I can look it up. Yeah, Tuckstone and Universal Okay so it was half Basically it was half a Disney movie at the time <laughs> um, Yeah and then uh, So I guess I, I pretty much said everything I have to say About this segment so do you all have anything You want to say or do you want to go on to the next one
2: I don't know. Yeah. If that, like, I don't know what. Um, how cold is the place where they kept the chocolate coins that they all just didn't melt? I don't know. <laughs> it's worthlessly it's, delicious. I'm per- I will say it. it probably is pretty high quality chocolate.
0: Yeah, they 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 ended up robbing the chocolate the, the depository, which is just like um, a whole bunch of gelp. Yeah, yeah. I keep I keep wanting to say suppository, but that's something completely different. <laughs> there are chocolate suppositories, aren't there? <laughs> no, I mean instead of depository, I keep wanting to say suppository, and that's something completely different. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And we are back <laughs> so the next segment is called how now see cow and it's about a manatee basically a manatee adoption program but they actually make you adopt the manatee and melina
2: signs up for it and does which go. is really freaking weird to throw on a minor yeah
1: yeah back to the those classic incan names like nina melina melina they're definitely not a normal name that you wouldn't find in high school now very old <sighs> um
0: yeah she signs up for an, a manatee adoption program which you know in real life when you sign up for a manatee adoption program they like have a tracker on a manatee and will send you information about it they won't actually send you at live managing but in this that's what
2: naming a star.
0: yeah I, I actually for my birthday i, I I got a shark. My parents adopted me a shark, a hammerhead shark, so it's that kind of thing, but apparently they send you the actual animal in this version. I
1: have a dolphin.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, the only reason we get the, you know, this manatee thing is because, you know, Cusco's trying to find an after-school, like, extracurricular club, you know, know, like, you know, science club, or a Now,
2: now why would they just drop off the manatee instead of, like... They gave her no supplies, yeah, like nothing to actually properly care for the manatee because it makes the conflict
0: easier
1: (laughs) because it's funny.
3: Can we just appreciate that one of the uh, clubs Kuzo comes across is the Club Club, yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: which is a club, um, about you know, clubs like the thing the things you hit people with, basically. I mean, I wouldn't condone it, but. The things that in cartoons people hit people with that aren't hammers, the other thing. And like cavemen have and stuff and stereotypical cavemen stuff. It's basically like a an ancient baseball bat, basically, but bigger. That kind of club. <laughs> and then there was a science club that... Uh... It's Uchipal, which I think is a mix-up of actual words that they... Mixed out of order to make it sound like a name. Uh-huh. Who I believe is, I believe, as Tony Goldmark pointed out, is uh, Candy Milo voices the, the science teacher. Um, yep, yep. Definitely
2: some Jenny Wakeman in there. No, Norma?
0: Nora?
2: I don't remember. Nora? Wait. Nora Wakeman, yeah. Nora
0: Wakeman, yeah. That's her name. Um,
3: and um, uh, who voices the um, uh, Manatee? Like you know, the person at the vanity reserve.
0: I don't know, but in my notes, uh, I basically compared it to like an ASPCA commercial.
2: Uh,
3: oh, yeah, that, yeah, and, and that lady was
2: really trying to, um, really, really trying to get rid of Sally. Yeah,
3: like, I mean, unlo- she, unload she, her she, on someone else. Yeah, she yeah. freaking gaslights Molina and uh keeping Doyle. Just, yeah, so so she so the AC so. I think, Micah, the ASPCA commercial is very apt because, you know, you know, just like uh, the ASPCA, like, those commercials are pretty much gaslighting in its purest form. You know, super sappy, emotional music, emotional manipulation, dogs, like the big puppy dog eyes and everything.
0: Yeah. And sometimes one of them has. Yeah, I hate those commercials. They make me so sad and it makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, like if you don't
1: I said, donate all of your money to this animal shelter, you are a bad person.
3: Yeah. Like I said, gaslighting. Yeah,
1: Those arms in the arms and so, of an uh, angel commercial where yeah. like sob
3: now yeah. for three minutes. In, fa- in fact, I'm, I'm honestly surprised it didn't do it like a, you know, an Animaniac style, change the music just enough to avoid getting sued thing when uh, the, the Keeper was going on that monologue about Little Sally. I was yeah. honestly expecting him to do a full-blown uh, giant middle finger aimed at the ASPCA for doing those commercials.
0: Yeah. Um... So the, the manatee's name is Doyle, and I believe the manatee is most likely voiced by either Frank Welker or Dee Bradley Baker because those are the two people you get to do animals. <laughs> it might be Dee Bradley Baker. I'm not sure. It's one of those two. <laughs> and um, the manatee is a basically a giant burden because it's this baby that weighs like a whole bunch and needs like to be in water and be fed and basically like having a child that needs to constantly eat, that needs to constantly be in and out of the water. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That responsibility.
0: That eats way more mm-hmm. than a
2: child yeah. would eat. Um, and yeah. Kuzco ends up hanging out with Doyle. Yeah. And yeah.
3: Kuzco, basically, and they become, like, she's uh, a bad influence. together. Yeah. yeah. And Melina at first, like you know, she's like, I can take care of this. And now she even lampshades that she's going to look after him with a montage.
2: Yeah yeah mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. kuzco realizes that it's not it's not about him so he fast forwards to when it is yeah
0: and then the rest of the episode isn't really about him either so <laughs> um, then um melina basically is couples th- couples therapy with a manatee um,
3: yeah. yeah don't I- I worry someone
0: I wish yeah, don't worry, Molina. I've
3: got I have a Junior Woodchuck uh, badge in what Animal chip, Diplomacy.
0: Uh, chipmunk, junior Chipmunk. Woodchucks is Ducktales. <laughs>
3: oh, Junior Chipmunk badge in Animal Diplomacy. I got my Disney Channel shows mixed up there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, they both are. They both have Himbos as like council uh, troops, basically, right? Well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because oh, the OG Himbo.
0: Yeah, because uh, Launchpad McQuack is is kind of Kronk like in a way yeah considering he weaves the junior wood top yeah and he has a chin. yeah and,
3: he's so also beck, Be- and i think beck bennett kind of has a similar patrick warburton style to his voice for launchpad
0: yeah because because technically technically if anything cronk is more like launchpad than launchpad is like Kronk because launchpad existed first but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs>
2: um and then No, I,
1: well a, I think
2: launchpad's frame is broader in the 2017 version so yeah. I think yeah it's more cartoony
1: well I also think they shifted their character design with him in the new show to make him you're right they made like his shoulders bigger like they kind of made him more muscular and as opposed to the original where i think he was supposed to come across a little bit fatter
0: yeah
1: that's just that's like a minor uh shift in character design yeah i mean, to go better with the new animation style
2: yeah oh and, and remember uh cross species romance is funny
0: yeah and then um Co- uh, melina is trying to get the manatee out of the house so she has Guaca dress up as a manatee with a, a manatee outfit he apparently has um but it doesn't work. So then she basically forces uh, Doyle out, and he ends up rolling down a hill and uh, in a cart and uh, get. And there's a freewheeling reference, and then he crushes Gwaka and then he ends up in the hospital with a bunch uh, of injuries or something. They even
3: do the um, uh, They even do the little um, uh, like cartoony gag, like you know, where he stops at the top of one hill, and he's like, "Oh, thank God!" But then yeah. he just goes down another hill.
0: Yeah. And then. Uh-huh. Um, they're all playing cards, I guess. Well, that's um, the end. I was gonna say in the hospital, Melina's basically apologizing. Was like, I mean, it—you can apologize for injuring the guy, but he did kind of ruin your life for a little bit there. So, like,
2: I guess it—it—it wasn't—it was never supposed to be her responsibility. So. Yeah, but uh, I mean, they made it her responsibility, but really, but it really shouldn't have been.
0: Yeah um so then she decides she's going to clean up the beach which uh, nobody else wants to do i would go i would go with you to clean up the beach melina <laughs> so then um they need a house for doyle so doyle lives in the basement of potter's house in the hot tub basically and they all play cards and that's the end
1: it's a happy ending
2: yeah mm-hmm. and then and then in the end credits uh kronk is still playing cards with Doyle, or yeah, but suddenly they're at a table and not in a hot tub anymore. <laughs> yeah, and possibly in in a room in the lair.
0: Yeah, because at the at the end when they're in the hot tub, they're in the basement. Of, so at the begin the beginning of the season, uh, the basement of Pod's hut was cleared out by Cronk for you know Kronk for hire,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's where they are at the end. Of the episode proper, um, I don't know where they are in the credits.
2: <laughs> uh, I think it's somewhere in the lair, honestly. where you. Yeah, in the
0: secret lab.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. I'm right outside the secret lab, as you can see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was wondering how you got there, man. Isn't it like ancient? Isn't it hundreds of years old? This it's point? a
0: cartoon. The time doesn't matter. <laughs> cartoon, cartoons it's simultaneously ancient and happening right now as you and, watch
2: it and Guaca is still in his in his manatee suit and the other manatees are flirting with him so yeah and he really
0: wants to take it off because he doesn't like being flirted with by other species <laughs> yeah so that's basically that the, the second segment um thoughts basically uh
1: it's this is a slightly more out there plot than the first one, yeah. to be certain.
2: Yeah. Man. They they remembered that there was school going on. So and that lasted for five minutes because the uh instead of it just being the manatee awareness club, it diverts into off school. It's an off the save that Man- manatee program It's an off school program. It's not yeah. plenty of days.
0: It's the best ep- the best episodes of the show honestly most of them take place not during school anyway so
2: <laughs> yeah i i, I like hush cop
0: better yeah i just like well, i just like manatees to be honest
1: i do think like after see after season 1 the writers figured out pretty quickly that there was only so many stories they were going to tell that actually centered on the school
2: yeah
1: <laughs> it got boring too, a little too quick
2: yeah there, there was um, a, a a pun I was going to make. Um, I I think I had decided for it to be my intro, but I didn't end up using it. Um, th- this set is cops against humanity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cards against humanity. Well, that's what they're playing at the end. Cards, cards against
0: humanity. Huh. <laughs> right. Because they're in the hot tub playing cards with a manatee. It's ahead of its time. I don't know when Cards Against Humanity first um, came out, but
3: honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think the episode was all that good.
0: Yeah,
3: I just didn't think it was that good. It's just, it's not, it's not the, it's not not the best. One of
1: the the more memorable ones.
3: Yeah, I
0: mostly just remember it because it has a manatee in it. Yeah, I mean.
3: 2011. Yeah, I, think, I, I think in yep. both cases, like, yeah, you know, Yeah, so this kinda... was, would have
0: predated Cards Against Humanity, but yeah. they have Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. I
3: think I think what turned me off the most with this episode is that I'm a... You know, Cusco's actions in, like, both Cusco and How Now Seek Out, like, you know, I don't know, it just kind of felt like they, you know, he had been flanderized a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, did they... In, in between season one and season two, did they kind of pronounce Cusco's selfishness a bit more?
0: Um... It really varies between the episodes. He's always selfish. That's the one consistent.
1: (laughs) To be honest, it's actually a thing that kind of even as a kid started to get to me after a while is the fact that Cusco wouldn't wouldn't retain most of the lessons he learned from one episode to the next. He would often go back to the default. And I remember being really frustrated with that in the uh, series finale. Yeah.
3: Yeah, i mean so you know i think this I, I the last time i was on this podcast when we discussed chip monkey business slash oops all doodles yeah. that was back in season one i've that was back in season one and i've yeah. pretty much been and, you know i haven't been keeping up with the emperor's new school as much i haven't been watching many episodes on disney plus so yeah so i think this is like this is I, so Cusco's behavior in here this kind of came as a shock i think this is like one of the more egregious examples of Cusco yeah. letting his ego and selfishness get in the way in, yeah. in the course of the series.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still think it's not as quite as bad as he was at the beginning of the movie, but you No,
1: know, he's not throwing people out windows, but yeah. that's a pretty low bar to clear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cusco's a low bar character, I gotta be honest. He's he's fun, but Yeah, he's a hard character to pull off because you don't... The whole problem was they had trouble... The whole series had trouble finding a balance between making him be egotistical but actually, like, make you want to root for him. It's a really hard, especially... uh, I feel like if the writers now would probably have an easier time doing it. But back then, um, uh, in general, this was just a hard thing for TV to figure out at the time how to have Mm -hmm. a character that's consistently egotistical but also likable uh, most cartoons at the time that had that kind of character had trouble figuring out how to make it work I think especially on Disney
2: because Disney had a few
1: you need a likable actor yeah and you need good writing to make an ass to make the audience like this asshole he has to be a charming asshole
2: Yeah.
1: which Cusco, for the most part tends to be yeah uh, but there are places throughout the show that that definitely fumbles. yeah. Um, and I like guess especially season two, Cusco takes a lot more of a backseat in a lot of episodes.
2: Yeah.
0: Honestly, I'm okay with.
1: More entertaining, quote-unquote, um, side characters.
0: I actually don't mind. So, yeah, that this, is, be...
2: <laughs> this was the first episode of the second half of the show. Yeah. Because it's episode um, twenty-seven, episode yeah. Fifty-two.
0: I like, I like, I like Cusco fine, but um, I like the other characters better. So <laughs> the yeah. only problem is it makes it like it's it's a difficult thing to pull off, especially when you're uh, not as when you're in the your the early when it was in the mid era of Disney where it wasn't it they had like finished their like second golden age with like impossible proud family but hadn't reached their third with Phineas and verb and stuff yet um so they were in like a slump at the time but yeah i agree uh i think in general uh it it does it var- Cusco's uh, just how much of a jerky is varies from episode to episode uh in both seasons to be honest um as you do with shows where there's a whole bunch of writers for like, there's like different writers for like every single episode, almost.
1: <laughs> Not an insane amount of consistency.
0: Yeah. The, what they have, what little consistency they have, I'm honestly impressed by <laughs> uh, considering what I've heard about the production of the show. Like they constantly change directors and, um, stuff like that um yeah i think the first segment i liked the second segment so i like melina but the second segment is not the best melina plot in the season at all um the first segment dated aged poorly but it had i think it had the better uh jokes in it um Mm -hmm. so that's my overall review of the episode (laughs) the first segment is probably better but it aged poorly (laughs)
1: i mean i agree that this is not uh melina's best episode it's not her worst either yeah yeah Mm. Uh, there's a particular episode i'll never forget that always made me angry yeah okay did you want me to elaborate um just that one do you remember the the um the bride episode
0: oh yeah that
1: i I don't know i hated the way they wrote melina in that episode so much they made her so like mopey over cusco
0: i mean i don't even count that as a melina episode it's mostly a cusco episode to me but um well no melina's portrayal in the episode wasn't bad this episode wasn't very interesting or entertaining for the premise that was given um
1: She had but she had she definitely had better episodes where her character got I don't know I like Melina's character a lot I think that she they made she's a, a, an abnormally neurotic <laughs> leading lady for a, a, a kids show yeah and I always liked that yeah when they let her have flaws at least there was the early sh- earlier part of the show where she was just like the perfect cheerleader who's gonna have a crush on I liked that yeah. as the show went on they were like let's give her a personality
0: yeah um, is there anything else to add? Does anyone have anything else they want to add? I, honestly, I'm tired.
2: <laughs> um, I'm not sure there's much left to talk about. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, okay.
2: Yeah. I'm planning to
0: edit and upload this episode sometime later today. Um. Y'all ready to plug stuff?
2: Yes.
1: Sure. Um, you can find me at Lizzie Lemon Drop on Twitter and TikTok. It's 90% nonsense, but sometimes I actually do my job and talk about movies. Um, and then you can also follow my other regular podcast called The Gals of Geekdom, which you can find at basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast. You just type that in. We're really easy to find. Uh, our most recent episode was really funny because I had my friend James on there who doesn't internet at all. So he was very confused for ninety straight minutes about everything we were talking about. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, yeah,
2: I'm. I'm on Twitter at the Nick Fan Club. My my Instagram is Scottsandler94. I'm a contributor at What's on Paramount Plus, which is on Twitter at P Plus News. Their website is paramountplusnews.blogspot.com. I'm a writer at Cartoon Crave. I've made uh, about a dozen, fifteen episodes uh, appearances on this podcast, and um, I've I've made it. Um, oh, that means we have to give you your guest choice, right? <laughs> I don't know what's. You get yeah. To get that's going to be kind of. I'm I'm i not you wanted to veer off of. Yeah, no, I'm 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 being silly. <laughs> oh, I know. Um. I've made about half a dozen appearances on Podcasts Without a Cool Acronym, which both Matt and Mike have also been on. And I I also have an appearance coming up for that. I've got um, three upcoming, I'm I'm part of three of the uh, um, Halloween festivity episodes coming up for uh, Realm of Immersion. One of which uh, Lizzie and I are also on. Yep, and I've I've also most recently made, uh, I've also participated in the Inappropriate Movie Database uh, game show, which is on YouTube and um, hosted by Nick Martucci, and I won my first game, which was really, really great, and it worse on the second game, but did, rebounded well on the third game which was a TV edition where you guess um, a movie or TV show depending on, um, based on the content warnings that uh, users submit on IMDB. And it, it, was, it was really, really fun. And he's always looking, um, he's always looking for uh, to grow his contested pool so he can keep the show going. And yeah, that they have a Facebook group that I. And um, you can you can hear yeah, an, an appropriate movie database. The game that's the name of the uh
3: the Facebook group, and you can find it there. Yeah. Um, oh. you can find, if, uh, you can find me on uh, you can find me on various episodes of Channel KRT. The Emperor's New Podcast, of course, and the Podcast Without a Cool Acronym. In fact, uh, I was just recently on there to talk about the scariest story ever, a Mickey Mouse Halloween spooktacular. And I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do next for podcasts. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but sure, so I'm sure, I'm sure this won't be the last time you'll get to hear me on a podcast again. And if you want, if you want to see my face, I'm. Do have a brief cameo in uh, Chandler De Rocher's uh, Star Trek: The Experience video. I'm the one doing the Sauron safety spiel.
1: Oh.
0: And you can find me at Mike Hirsch on Twitter. I also make animated cartoons on YouTube through the channel Fireblast Studios. If you like my work and want to support me, you can pledge to Fireblast Studios Patreon for early access to videos, behind-the-scenes footage, and more. And be sure to come back this Sunday for our surprise Halloween episode.
3: WHAT'S HIS NAME?!